0: Section eleven of the Secret House by Edgar Wallace. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. CHAPTER Eleven. You want to see Mr. Moole? Dr. Fall asked the visitor. I wish to see Mr. Moore, replied Poltavo. He stood at the door of the secret house, and after a brief scrutiny, the big-faced doctor admitted him, closing the door behind him tell me what you want he asked he had seen the curious gesture that poltavo had made the pass sign which had unbarred the entrance to many strange people i want to see farrington replied poltavo coolly farrington fall's brow knit in a puzzled frown farrington repeated poltavo impatiently do not let us have any of this nonsense fall i want to see him on a matter of urgency i am poltavo i know just who you are said fall calmly but why you should come here under the impression that the late mr farrington is an inmate of this establishment i do not understand we are a lunatic asylum not a mortuary he said with heavy humour still he led the way upstairs to the drawing-room on the first floor what is the trouble he asked as he closed the door behind him poltavo chose to tell the story of his identification by t b smith rather than the real object of his journey Paul listened in silence i doubt very much he will see you he said he is in his worst mood however i will go along and find out what his wishes are he was absent for ten minutes and when he returned he beckoned to the visitor poltavo followed him up the stairs till he came to the room in which the bedridden mr mool lay a man turned as the two visitors came in it was farrington in the life farrington as he had seen him on the night of his disappearance from the box at the jollity the big man nodded curtly why have you come down here he asked harshly leading half the detectives in london to me i do not think you need to bother about half the detectives in london said poltavo he looked at fall i want to see you alone he said farrington nodded his head and the other departed closing the door behind him now said poltavo he crossed the room with two strides i want to know what you mean you treacherous dog by this infernal will of yours you can sit down said farrington coolly and you can learn right now poltavo that i do not stand for any man questioning me as to why i should do this or that and i certainly do not stand for any human being in the world speaking to me as you are doing you know that you are in my power said poltavo viciously are you aware that i could raise my finger and tumble your precious plot into the dust there are many things i know said farrington and if you knew them too you would keep a civil tongue in your head sit down what is the trouble why did you leave that instruction in your will that doris was to marry this infernal Doughton? for a very good reason explain the reason stormed the angry man i shall do nothing so absurd smiled farrington crookedly it is enough when i say i want this girl's happiness don't you realize he went on rapidly that the only thing i have in my life that is at all clean or precious or worthwhile is my affection for my niece i want to see her happy i know that her happiness lies with doughton you're mad snarled the other the girl is half in love with me with you farrington's eyes narrowed that is absolutely impossible why impossible demanded poltavo loudly why impossible he thumped the table angrily for many reasons said farrington first because you are unworthy to be her undergardener, much less her husband you are forgive my frankness a blackguard a thief a murderer a forgerer, and a bank robber so far as i know he smiled yes i was an interested listener to your conversation with fall i have all sorts of weird instruments here by which i can pick up unguarded items of talk but fortunately i have no need to be informed on this subject i have as complete a record of your past as our friend smith and i tell you poltavo that whilst i am willing that you shall be my agent and that you shall profit enormously by working hand in hand with me i would sooner see myself dead than i should hand doris over to your tender mercies an ugly smile played about the lips of poltavo that is your last word he asked that is my last word said farrington if you will be advised by me you will let the matter stand where it is leave things as they are poltavo you are on the way to making a huge fortune do not let this absurd sentiment or this equally absurd ambition of yours step in and spoil everything and whatever happens you would never allow doris to marry me that is exactly what i meant and exactly what i still say said farrington firmly but suppose poltavo's hands caressed his little moustache and he was smiling wickedly suppose i force your hand farrington's eyebrows rose how he demanded suppose i take advantage of the fact that miss doris gray an impressionable young english girl receptive to sympathetic admiration and half in love with me suppose i say i took advantage of this fact and we marry in the face of your will you would be sorry said farrington grimly you may be sorry that you even threatened as much I not only threaten snarled poltavo but i will carry out my threat and you interfere with me at your peril he shook his clenched fist in farrington's face the elder man looked at him with a long earnest glance in which his keen eyes seemed to search the very soul of the russian i wish this had not happened he said half to himself i had hoped that there was the making of a useful man in you poltavo but i have been mistaken i never thought that sentiment would creep in is it money her fortune he asked suddenly poltavo shook his head curse the money he said roughly i want the girl i tell you farrington every day she grows more precious and more desirable to me other women have become precious and desirable to you said farrington in a low passionate voice and they have enjoyed the fleeting happiness of your favour for how long just as long as you wanted poltavo and when you have been satisfied and sated yourself with joy you have cast them out as they had been nothing to you i know your record my man he said all that i want now is to assure myself that you are in earnest because if you are he paused if i am sneered poltavo you will not leave this house alive said farrington he said it in a matter-of-fact tone and the full significance of his speech did not dawn upon the russian until long after he had said it for the space of a second or two his lips were smiling and then the smile suddenly froze his hand went back to his hip pocket and reappeared holding a long barreled automatic pistol don't you try any of your tricks on me he breathed i am quite prepared for all eventualities mr farrington you make a mistake to threaten me not such a mistake as you have made smiled farrington you may fire your pistol to see if it will go off my own impression is that the magazine has been removed one glance at the weapon was sufficient to demonstrate to the other that the man had spoken the truth he went deathly white look here he said genially let us make an end to this absurd breach of friendship i have come down to see what i can do for you you have come down now to force me to grant your wishes regarding doris said farrington i think the matter had better end he pressed the bell and fall came in after a few moments interval give the count some refreshment before he goes he said he is going to london the very matter-of-factness of the instructions reassured count poltavo who for one moment had stood in a panic of fear there was that in this big silent house which terrified him and with the removal of this fear his insolent assurance returned he stood in the doorway you have made up your mind about doris he said absolutely said farrington very good said poltavo he followed fall along the corridor and the doctor opened a small door and illuminated a tiny lift inside and poltavo stepped in as he did so the door clicked how do i work this lift he asked through the ornamental ironwork of the doorway i work it from outside said dr fall cheerfully and pressed the button the lift sank it passed one steel door that was the first floor and another that was the ground floor but still the lift did not stop it went on falling slowly evenly without jar or haste and suddenly it came to a stop before a door made of a number of thin steel bars placed horizontally as the lift stopped the steel barred doorway opened noiselessly all poltavo's senses were now alert he a past master in the art of treachery had been at last its victim he did not leave the tiny lift for a moment but prepared for eventualities he took a pencil out of his pocket and wrote rapidly on the wooden paneling of the elevator and then he stepped out into the semi-darkness he saw a large apartment a bed and a chair and above a large table one dim light a number of switches on the wall facing him promised further illumination anyway if the worst came to the worst he could find a way by the lift well to safety again he searched his pockets with feverish haste he usually carried one or two pistol cartridges in case of necessity and he was rewarded for in his top waistcoat pocket he discovered two nickel pointed shapes hastily he removed the dummy magazine from the butt of his pistol the removal of the magazine must have been effected by his servant and the servant now he came to give the matter consideration was possibly in the pay of farrington and had probably warned the occupants of the secret house of poltavo's departure it was but natural that the big man would take no chances and poltavo cursed himself for a fool for allowing himself to be lured into a sense of security he stepped out of the lift there was enough light to guide him across the room he reached the switchboard and pulled one of the little levers three lights appeared at the far end of the room he pulled over the rest and the room was brilliantly illuminated it was an underground chamber with red distempered walls artistically furnished the small bed in the corner was of brass the air was conveyed to his gloomy chamber by means of ventilators placed at intervals in the wall not an uncomfortable prison thought poltavo he was making his inspection when he heard a clang and swung round the steel door of the lift had closed and he reached it just in time to see the floor of the little cage ascending out of sight he cursed himself again for his insensate folly he might have fixed the door with a chair it was an elementary precaution to take but he had not realized the possibilities of this house of mystery perhaps the chairs were fixed he tried them but found he was mistaken except in one case The great chair at the head of the table, solid and heavy, was immovable, for it was clamped to the floor. In one corner was a framework, and he guessed it to be the slide in which the small provision lift ran. His surmise was accurate, for even while he was examining it a trap opened in the ceiling, and there slid down noiselessly between the oiled grids a tiny platform on which was a tray filled with covered dishes. He lifted the viands from the little elevator to the table and inspected them there was a note written in pencil you need have no fear in consuming the food we provide for you it ran dr fall will personally vouch for its purity and will if necessary sample it in your presence if you should need attendance you will find a small bell fixed on the underside of the table poltavo looked at the dinner he was ravenously hungry he must take the chance of poison after all these people had him so completely in their power that there was no necessity to take any precautions so far as his food was concerned he attacked an excellent dinner without discomfort to himself and when he had finished he bethought himself of the bell and finding it under the edge of the table he pressed the button he had not long to wait he heard the faint hum of machinery and walked across to the barred gate of the lift his pistol ready he waited his eyes fixed up at the black square through which he expected the lift to sink and heard himself suddenly called by name he turned dr fall was standing in the centre of the room by what means he had arrived there was no evidence to show i hope i did not surprise you said the doctor with his quiet smile i did not come the way you expected there are three entrances to this room and they are all equally difficult to negotiate may i inquire the meaning of this outrage asked poltavo your virtuous indignation does you credit count said the doctor he sat down by the table took a cigar case from his pocket and offered it to his unwilling guest you do not smoke i am sorry would you like a cigarette thank you i have all the cigarettes i require said poltavo briefly the doctor did not speak until he had leisurely bitten off the end of a cigar and lit it as i say he went on i admire your sang-froid the word outrage comes curiously from you count but i am merely carrying out mr farrington's wishes when i say that i am perfectly willing to explain your present unhappy position in some way you have made our friend very angry he went on easily and at present he is disposed to treat you with considerable harshness to mete out the same harsh justice in fact that he accorded to two of the people who were engaged in the building of this house, and who were predisposed to blackmail him with a threat of betrayal. "'I knew nothing of these,' said Poltavo. "'Then you are one of the few people in London who do not,' said Dr. Fall with a smile. "'One was an architect, the other a fairly efficient man of a type you will find on the continent of Europe, and who will be an electrician's assistant or a waiter with equal facility.' these men were engaged to assist in the construction of the house they were brought from italy with a number of other workmen and entrusted with a section of its completion not satisfied with the handsome pay they received for their workmanship they instituted a system of blackmail which culminated one night at breakley square in their untimely death did farrington kill them gasped poltavo i will not go so far as to say that said the suave secretary i only say that they died unfortunately for them they were acting independently of one another and quarrelled violently when they found that they had both come upon a similar errand having at last identified the mysterious gentleman who had commissioned the house with gregory farrington a worthy and blackmailable millionaire so that was it said poltavo thoughtfully what a fool i was not to understand not to see the connection they were shot dead outside farrington's house who else could have committed the crime but he again i will not go so far as to say that repeated the secretary i merely remarked that the men died a most untimely death as a result of their eagerness to extract advantages from mr farrington which he was not prepared to offer you count poltavo are in some danger of sharing the same fate i have been in tighter holes than this smiled poltavo but he was uneasy do not boast said the doctor quietly i doubt very much whether in your life you have been in so tight a hole as you are in now we are quite prepared to kill you i tell you that much because mr farrington does not ordinarily take risks in your case however he is prepared just so long as you are impressed with his power to punish to give you one chance of life whether you take that chance or not entirely depends upon yourself he will not extract any oaths or promises or pledges of any kind he will release you with the assurance that if you will serve him you will be handsomely rewarded and if you fail him you will be most handsomely killed do i make myself clear very said poltavo and the hand that raised the cigarette to his lips trembled a little i would like to add began the doctor when the shrill sound of a ringing bell rang through the vaulted apartment Paul sprang up walked quietly to the wall and placed his ear against a portion of which appeared to be no different to any other but which as poltavo gathered concealed a hidden telephone yes he asked he listened very good he said he turned to poltavo and surveyed him gravely you will be interested to learn he said that the house is entirely surrounded by police you have evidently been followed here a light sprang into poltavo's eyes that is very awkward for you he said with a laugh more awkward for you i think said dr fall walking slowly to the farthermost wall of the room stop said poltavo the doctor turned he was covered by the black barrel of poltavo's pistol i beg to assure you said the count mockingly that this pistol is loaded with two small cartridges which i found in my waistcoat pocket and which i usually carry in case of emergency there is at any rate sufficient HE SAID NO MORE, FOR SUDDENLY THE ROOM WAS PLUNGED IN DARKNESS, THE LIGHTS WERE EXTINGUISHED BY AN UNSEEN HAND AS AT SOME SIGNAL, AND A MOCKING LAUGH CAME BACK TO HIM FROM WHERE FALL HAD STOOD. SHOOT, SAID THE VOICE, BUT THE TWO CARTRIDGES WERE TOO PRECIOUS FOR POLTAVO TO TAKE ANY RISKS IN THE DARK. HE STOOD WAITING, SUDDENLY HEARD A CLICK, AND THEN THE LIGHTS CAME UP AGAIN. HE WAS ALONE IN THE ROOM. HE SHRUGGED HIS SHOULDERS. THERE WAS NOTHING TO DO BUT WAIT if t b smith had followed him here and if he had taken the drastic step of surrounding the house with police there was hope that he might be rescued from his present unhappy plight if not he had the promise which farrington had given of his release on terms he heard the whirr of the descending lift this time it was the elevator by which he himself had descended it came to a halt at the floor level and the steel gates swung open invitingly he must take his chance anyway anything was better than remaining in this underground room he stepped into the lift and pulled the gates closed after him to his surprise they answered readily and as the lock snapped the lift went upwards slowly two overhanging electric lamps illuminated the little elevator they were dangerous to him with the steel barrel of his pistol he smashed the bulbs and crouched down in the darkness his finger on the trigger ready for any emergency p b smith was standing in the hall and behind him three hard-featured men from the yard before him was dr fall imperturbable and obeying as ever you are perfectly at liberty to search the house he was saying and as far as count poltavo is concerned there is no mystery whatever he is one of the people who have been attracted here by curiosity and at the present moment he is inspecting the wonders of our beautiful establishment there was something of truth in this ironic tone and t b was puzzled will you kindly produce count poltavo with pleasure said the secretary it was at that moment that the lift door opened and poltavo stepped out pistol in hand he saw the group and took in its significance he had now to decide in that moment with whom he should run his mind was made up quickly he knew he had no friends in the police force whatever prosperity awaited him must come from farrington and his influence an interesting weapon you have in your hand count drawled t b do i understand that you have been inspecting the art treasures of the secret house in some fear of your life Not at all," said poltavo as he slipped the pistol into his pocket i have merely been engaging in a little pistol practice in the underground shooting gallery it is an interesting place you should see it dr fall's eyes did not leave the face of his late prisoner and poltavo saw an approving gleam in the dark eyes i should not ordinarily take the trouble to inspect your shooting gallery said t b smith with a smile because i know that you are not speaking the exact truth count poltavo my own impression is that you have every reason to be thankful for my arrival in the present circumstances perhaps it would be advisable to look over a portion of your domain which so far has escaped my inspection the doctor shrugged his shoulders it is hardly a shooting gallery but since it is so far removed from the living portion of the house we sometimes use it for that purpose he said i have not the slightest objection to your descending t b entered the lift it was in darkness as a result of poltavo's precautions i will go alone said t b and fall with a little bow closed the gates and the lift descended they waited some time fall had the power from where he was of closing the gates below and bringing the lift up again this poltavo knew to his cost but there were good reasons why the doctor should not exercise his knowledge and in a few minutes the lift came back to its original position and t b stepped out thank you i have learned all i want to know he said with a keen glance at poltavo really you have an extraordinary house dr fall it is always open to your inspection said the doctor with a heavy smile t b was fingering the little electric lamp which he carried in his hand in an absent-minded manner presently he put it into his pocket and with a nod to his host walked across the hall he turned suddenly and addressed poltavo when you were trapped in this house he said quietly and expected considerable trouble in escaping from the trap, you took the precaution, like the careful man that you are, of inscribing a message which might aid those who came to your relief. This message has now served its purpose. He smiled as he saw the look of consternation on Poltavo's face. And you will be well advised to invite your friend to wipe it out. And with another nod he passed from the house, followed by his three men. What does this mean? asked Paul quickly i i stammered poltavo flustered for once in his life wrote on the side of the lift a few words only nothing incriminating my dear doctor just a line to say that i was imprisoned below with a curse fall dashed into the little elevator bring a light he said and struck a match to read the scrawl which poltavo had written fortunately there was nothing in it which betrayed the great secret of the house but it was enough as he realized to awaken the dormant suspicion even supposing it was dormant of this indefatigable detective. "'You have made a nice mess of things,' he said to Poltavo sternly. "'See that you do not make a greater. We will forgive you once, but the second attempt will be fatal.'" End of chapter 11 Read by Don W. Jenkins Rancho San Diego, California Shaggybark.blogspot.com